Hey, Explorers. Thanks for tuning in to Eat, Drink, Explore podcast. My name's Day. And I'm Phil. We are foodies on a mission. Our goal is to help you expand your culinary knowledge. Join us on our journey of cuisine awareness. We release episodes every Wednesday and have bonus content available on our Patreon. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please take a moment and visit our Patreon page. Patreon members receive discounts on our merch, discounted tickets to our monthly supper clubs, and bonus podcast content. Please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now let's get started. My name is Emmanuel Montebecki. I um, I consider myself kind of like a, you know a wine dork, a cork dork. People say um, I got into wine probably about seven years ago. So we are really excited to be talking to you because something that we've been struggling with is our wine label bias. And you working in the wine retail world and having years of experience, I'm sure you've come across this all over the place. So I'm wondering, it's like, is there a, certain, a particular story that comes to mind about an interaction you had with somebody that had like major wine label bias and you were able to talk them through it and help them out a little bit? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, for example, in Cabernet, I mean, often that's the, that's the area that I, um, I, I, I deal with those specific wines. I deal with interactions with people that, uh, want to buy those wines, the Cabernets, um, from various places. I had, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a customer, for example, Camus. Camus is a, is a known, uh, wine, uh, in the industry. Uh, it has, a um, it has a, 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 it's very attractive to people because it, it represents, you know, some, some sort of status because the family, it's a, they've been in the, uh, in the family business. It's the, it's a generations, you know, wow. uh, passed on from the great grandfather and, and so on. So uh, it's a family affair. Um, but there is a wine that, um, we have said at, uh, at total wine that is comparable uh, it's uh, Carson Ridge Reserve. Now, Carson Ridge Reserve is from um, the Paso Robles area. Paso Robles is a very kind of, uh, it's on the map. It's uh, very popular. Yep. Uh, typically, those, those, those wines, um, like people know Dow. Dow's from Paso Robles. Yep. That's a, a popular one. Okay, you guys know it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sure. So you guys would dig, you guys would dig the uh, Carson Ridge Reserve. Um, but we had a blind taste test in-house and so there must have been myself obviously included uh, probably 10 other staff that that uh that did it you know it was the camus um it was the 2000 and it would have been the 2018 uh and a lot of people in, including myself chose the carson ridge reserve wow. um, yeah so and it's interesting it's, it, it was very interesting because camus has made a name for itself you know it's it's for over 40 years uh and uh, that is about an $80 wine. The Carson Ridge wow. Reserve is, is $20, roughly. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wait, so it was like you and then like a few other coworkers that had done the tasting as well? Yeah. Right. So we, we set it up. And uh, we started at that point because we don't always do blind tastings. Um, and obviously now we're not doing any tastings, haven't been doing tastings, uh, social distancing. Right. Uh, but we had, we had just people come, to, you know, staff come to the wine bar and say, okay, which one do you like better? One or two, you know? So it was obviously concealed and most people chose, as I said, including myself, uh, chose number two, the Carson Ridge reserve. Um, so, I mean, that's right there. That's, I mean, uh, for me, that's really integral. in when you discuss, you know, biases, because most people know Camus, most people that step into a wine shop, 
um, who know even just a little bit about wine, yeah. Cabernets, know that wine. Customer Reserve, they're only going to know it through Total Wine. Uh, it's an exclusivity piece. So, I mean, it's just great value there. You know, $80 for the Caymus, $20 for the Carson Ridge Reserve. What are, like, some of, like, the big, like, misconceptions about, like, you know, expensive versus, like, cheap wine? They think that a wine that is, say, under, we'll say, $20, $10, $15 is a low-quality wine. Most people have that idea. I've talked to obviously many different people. I've, I've been at the store since, since it's, uh, you know, inception, uh, which was about three and a half years ago. Uh, and you know, they, they kind of scoff at it a little bit at first, but you have to kind of, you know, I, I've developed a rapport with a lot of customers. So the rapport is important, obviously, because then they start to confide in you a little bit mm. and, and, and they'll take a chance on something that's maybe $20, $15 because, if they're going to spend say $60 on a bottle of wine that they know, and they're like, Oh, this is a great wine. Um, well for to take, to spend 15, 20, it's not, it's not a leap necessarily. So, and if, if, if it comes well recommended and especially if I've tried both wines, um, then they, you know, they, they, they seem to trust me. And, and so they'll, they'll, they'll take that leap and they'll, they'll, they'll try that wine. I, I think you can get it for me on a personal level. I think Malbec's, um, there's a lot of value in Malbecs. Malbecs are typically from Argentina. Uh, that's the, um, the terroir is, is really great for that growth of the grape in Mendoza. Um, so, uh, I think if, if people like robust full body wines, you can get a nice Malbec for 12, $10. Nice. What's the most frustrating thing working, <laughs> working with people and helping them find wine? Do you like, is it, people coming in like, I just want French and they won't refuse to look at anything else. Does that irritate you? And do you feel like that's a little bit too close-minded or is there something else that grinds your gears oh, like a little bit more? Time where people like think they know more than they do and they're like, I've read a book once so I know all about wine. It's like, you know nothing actually. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, for me, I view it as a challenge. It doesn't necessarily ir- irritate me. Um, you know, it, it gets a little bit annoying, you know, when, when customers think, you know, they, they don't own the, the fact that maybe they don't know as much as they think. And that's fine. You know, I mean, you can come in, you, you know, they're the shopper, they're the, they're the guests. They, they want, I, I want to make sure they're content and happy in what they're, what they're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I feel like I can be confident in any of those particular regions, whether it's France or Spain, um, you know, uh, where I can get them some that they'd probably like as well, you know, um, because some of the grapes, you know, for example, in, in, in France, um, you know, you have your, your blends, your French blends, and you can find something that might be some, you know, somewhat, um, comparable, uh, with, with some of the Cabernets. You just gotta, you gotta know, you gotta know, you gotta know your wines. You gotta know your inventory is what it comes down to. Uh, so I, I see, I basically, I view it as a challenge. It's not necessarily irritating. It's just, uh, I, in my mind, I think, well, maybe I can convince this person to go with a wine they don't know, but it has it has a similar bouquet to it that a wine that they they do know that they're very familiar with. You said you sat up at Trader Joe's, and like obviously you know wine now, and you know a lot more than you did. Was there like ever a point where you felt like you were that one that like maybe thought the price of the bottle reflected the quality, and was there like kind of like a moment for you where like maybe there was a certain wine you tasted where you're like, Oh wait, this isn't true at all. Like 
they kind of like shook what you knew up? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've had some, let's see, I've had some, I've had some French wines and it's, it's my palate. It's not something that I necessarily gravitate towards. I, um, you know, for the Burgundian, you know, some of those in the Pinot Noirs, I like some of them, but I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not uh, a big fan of Nessie, like dusty sort of, that's some of the words they use, like a dusty sort of like, um, if it's a, like a Cab- Cabernet Merlot, Cap Franc blend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not something that, you know, with my palate, I'm not, I'm not necess- necessarily attracted, attracted to that. Um, cause Bordeaux, I mean, uh, my store has quite a selection of Bordeaux and, uh, you know, Bordeaux are very, very popular. Um, if you have read the book, um, uh, a billionaire's vinegar, the, a billionaire's vinegar, the one about Thomas Jefferson and How about the most expensive all the wine in the world. Yeah. yeah. The one that Sotheby's when they had the, um, auction, uh, yeah. So it's it's a very interesting book, um, and I and if you get are you guys familiar with it? I'm sure. You, yes, you know. I haven't I, heard of it. I know, but, but I know. I've never read the book, but I know about guy. the bottle. It's like, yeah. sure. So it's it, it's a great book. Anyway, uh, point being is, so some of those some of those styles, you know, um, that Jefferson went through because he did extensive traveling in France and and he wrote notes about the wines he had and he had wine shipped to the U.S. Uh, you know, they became popular, and once they hit like an auction house. Then, then, then there's a, an allure for people, you know, uh, you know, affluent people, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, whether it's old money or new money, you know, it, it's something that becomes uh, spotlighted, uh, and therefore you, you know, you get the trend, you know. Yeah. So the Bordeaux are somewhat popular because you can you can lay them down. There's some years that are obviously better than other years. You can lay those down and have them ten years down the road, and they're supposed to be magnificent. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't have the luxury of laying things down right, you know, right now. So I like to drink them young, you know, I like to drink them now. I think, well, you know, drink them now. I mean, what are you going to, how do you know what the future is going to hold? Right. So, uh, but, uh, I, I think that's kind of, you know, what we're looking at. Um, uh, it's, it, I, I, you know, my palate is a, is a, is a specific palate, but I, I try to, um, kind of find out, what the customer is really looking for and what they like about particular wines and then kind of uh, partner them up with wines that, that I know, or I think from what they tell me, what they describe to me about what they like that fits, fits that criteria. Is there a region that you feel like has really been tough to, to move um, where you think it's actually up and coming and has a lot to offer, but other people who are shopping are just like a little bit skeptical uh yes uh i think with with spain spain's always for me uh, a lot of value in spain um you have we have um wines um it's there's three wines from the producer sangagorio mm-hmm. and there's um a, one is a granacha uh that's the grape right and then there's another one to champernillo and then there's the um the blend the granacha champernillo it's actually a fourth one that's like a, a little bit of a higher end. Um, and those are all like really nice wines. And when we first got them in about two years ago, uh, you know, they were new to people. I like them because they're like Malbecs. Malbecs were the first ones that I ever had. Mm-hmm. I have an Argentinian background. So those are the first ones that I was able to try and cause they were just around and, you know, family members would, would have those wines. Right. So, so anyone who likes Malbecs, 
would definitely get into some of the San Gregorio wines because they're, they're robust, they're full body. Yeah. Um, they're, they're somewhat tannic on the finish. Um, so, but sometimes, you know, people, uh, cause France, as we know, like we just said, is very popular. So that's not, that's not a difficult sell there, but with Spain, sometimes people, you know, maybe they got turned off by a particular wine or they just don't know enough about it. But I mean, you can buy a $15 bottle, uh, Spanish wine and it will drink like a $50 wow. or $40 wine. I, there's a lot of value in Spain. I think it's, it's coming out a little bit more now. Um, you know, uh, uh, as far as a trend or, uh, it's becoming a little more popular. I think there's still, uh, because once, uh, the, once that, that particular, uh, rital becomes, starts to get really a lot of fanfare, yeah. well, the, the price changes. Right. So that's a good pro tip. We might be stocking up on some Spanish wine soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like I, like I say, come by, come by and see me today. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk it up. I feel like every other country, especially Europe, takes their wine very seriously. I mean, that's why there's a governmental body that kind of oversees it. And the U.S. doesn't as much. Um, And talking to other people in the wine world, it's like when they're uh, abroad, people very rarely see American wines on the menu, or nor do they order them (laughs) while they're abroad. Unless you're looking like a tourist city. It's like, we got to have the American wine to appeal. Exactly. But what kind of is interesting to me is that right now there's that me, or I don't, I think it was passed. Yeah, it was passed recently, or at least it was spoken about the tax on, um, on wines coming into the U S there was a a tariff, the tariff. Mm -hmm. Did that, did that end up passing? Yeah. Okay. So when I heard about that, I was definitely concerned for industry professionals, restaurants, um, anybody in the wine world really. And Mm -hmm. even people who bought it, because that's something you would actually notice as you're purchasing your bottles of wine. Have you noticed people at Total Wine purchasing more American labels since there's no tariff on that because it's already, you know, it's already in the U.S. Um, Have you noticed people consciously purchasing more U.S. wine as opposed to European or abroad or has it really not affected? To answer the question you're saying now, Dave, uh, as far as there were, there were some tariffs that in, in the French wine, uh, some of the Bordeaux, that they did uh, increase in price, and people were ha- did ask us what's 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 going on around that, uh, and, and we said, well, you know, unfortunately, some of the wines uh, that we maybe were carrying like a year ago or so, we might not be able to get, and if we can get them, then they're going to be more expensive. I'm talking five, maybe even ten, a little bit more. Wow, I didn't notice that much more. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Some Bordeaux, depending. I mean, uh, Bordeaux can be somewhat somewhat expensive if if you know what you're looking for and depending on the year. Um, but we carry, you know, the price points that we have in the store. I mean, they. I don't know if you know, but they 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 can range up to thousands and thousands. You know, we you know. So I mean, we have some first growth. Um, you know, wines. Uh, some some Bordeaux. Uh, uh, let's see, from um, which actually is somewhat mentioned in the in the book there in uh, Billionaire's Vinegar. Uh, the um, oh, what's it called? The, oh, the Rothschild, Rothschild Lafitte. That's oh. a famous family. It's 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 two families. Um, there's a lot of history there. But in in any case, people that know wines, you know, wine collectors, they they know that family. So very prestigious families. Uh, but those those can be very expensive, like you know, a, a ninety-five uh, Lafitte Rothschild. They can be pretty pricey. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing is, some people, 
you know, got turned off a little bit. And I'm not trying to put uh, California in a bad light, but there was, um, you know, people, you know, they get their sources or read what they read. And they were saying, um, you know, certain things were being used to enhance the uh, uh, or advance the growth process in some of the uh, areas in California. And that in uh, old world, Italy, France, you know, the vines have been there for, you know, over 200 years. Yeah. So, um, and it's been, you know, taken care of, you know, meticulously by a family. I really appreciate some of the old world stuff because there's so much history there and so much stories, so many stories. Uh, so, but I, I think people are, you know, some people were kind of on the fence at one point, but I, people are still buying a lot of domestic wine, obviously, no doubt. Um, but then there are like this tried and true people that just like, buy Bordeaux's yeah. what buy. Uh, <laughs> and they don't, they don't really, uh, you know, go in any, go in a different direction. That's kind of <laughs> the wines they love. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have you had a, ever a situation where you tried to get a Bordeaux person to look at something else? And they were just like, um, excuse me. <laughs> uh, I, I gotta say, I mean, I've always, um, had pretty, for the most part, I've had good interactions with, with customers. Um, and I learned from them too, sometimes because there's some customers that come in and really well know, great deal, which is cool, which I really appreciate. Cause, uh, you know, they may have a story when they traveled, you know, when they traveled in to, to France and, and, and what have you. And, uh, and that's, I always like to hear things like that. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice piece that I have at, at, at my job, uh, because they, they, they seem generally interested in wanting to tell the story to me. Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 it's a good vibe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, some, you know, some people come in uh, with uh, some, you know, that, that maybe, you know, they, they like certain labels that are out of Napa and that's kind of what they gravitate towards and they don't, they're staunch. They're, they're, they're real stuck there and they're moving them off that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Where Alexander Valley, for example, I mean, that can provide for uh, a nice wine as well where the tannics are smooth and silky. That's what they're known for that area. Um, so it's, it, you know, that I, I haven't really had necessarily, you know, a negative experience. I mean, I have people come in all the time and say, well, I just want to buy, I want to buy some, just some, some wines to have. I'm having some people over, you know, I don't spend more than $15, $15 or less. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's fine. Sure. I mean, you, like I say, like I said earlier in this, in this segment, I mean, you can get a lot of wines. I, I'm, I could rattle off at least 15 different wines that are $10 that are quality yeah. wines that, you know, if, if I, if I put it in front of someone who knows, you know, a little bit about wine, you know, they have wine with their dinner, what have you, they'd say, Oh, this is a, this is a pretty good wine. As long as it meets their palate requirement, you know, there's specifics around their palate. Um, yeah. Have you seen a jump in purchases uh, for like wines that are like gluten free or um, vegan or uh, just biodynamically sourced? Are, are people asking for that more than you've seen before in the past? Yes, for yeah. sure. So yeah, the biodynamic wines have taken off um, at least over a year now. I mean, you hear that you hear that term, um, or they are they looking for? Um, I think the term is now like natural wines. Yeah, like clean wines. Uh, clean, yeah. clean wines, I think. Yeah. So we, I hear a lot more of that. I've been hearing a lot more of that from for um, several months now. Uh, and I, for me, uh, as far as t talking wines up and kind of getting them, you know, getting them for a certain wine to fit their 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 uh, specifics, I always kind of tell them with Old World because Old World is, you know, with Italy, 
and some French, you know, um, on the label, they'll actually say, oh, well, these are organic grapes. So that already kind of, you know, kind of puts them at ease a little bit. So it's easier to do that with those wines than to do that with uh, California wines. But there is a label out there um, that's out now that the Total Wine has worked with that are, you know, considered kind of more natural. Uh, and uh, they go about they go, they go about the, the farming techniques with, uh, you know, biodynamic. And it's, uh, you know, that, that, that people might be interested in. Uh, nice. A little more ethically sourced and stuff, right? Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and we had a lot of people, you know, now that are being health conscious, you know, they want to know where, where yeah. the wine is, how it's being farmed, where it's coming from. And yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like farm to table stuff, you know? Yeah. We, uh, through all of our conversations, it's been really interesting because we talked to a lot of food people, but as we're talking to beverage people, it's like, there's this whole shift. I mean, it, from knowing what's in your fruit to now knowing what's in your drink. It's like, you know, I, I think we all knew it was coming, um, yeah. but it's definitely, I feel like it's come it's a little here. bit. Yeah, it's, it's, here. it's here. It's here. It's definitely come more full circle. People aren't just like, is this good wine? Yeah. yeah. It's like, what? like you said, where, where is this grown? How is it grown? What's used on it? Is what right. kind of like chemicals is sprayed on it? Is like, did they add anything? Are, in is my, are my teeth going to be purple? Project? Are my teeth going to be yeah, purple after crazy. I drink this? Yeah. How bad my hangover going to be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So, it, it, yeah, I hear that sometimes about, <laughs> about, about the hangover. Like, oh, is this wine going to give me a hangover? Well, the the honest answer to that is, I don't know. <laughs> How am I going to know? <laughs> I mean, if you're drinking, you know what I mean? It's, 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 one glass of chemistry. it's brain chemistry. Time. I mean, you drink enough of it. Yeah, it's going to give you a hangover. What do you mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That's funny. Oh my God, that's funny. I never thought that people would ask <laughs> yeah, People are asking more and more. That's why, they, you know, some people equate like, you know, a, uh, a wine that's inexpensive, like, oh, well, it's going to... Is that an old wives' tale? That must be, right? Is that like, like, what is that? No, that's a wine hotel. It's a, it's a wine hotel. Okay, well. <laughs> well, you know, it's just, it's just people dictate, you know, think that the uh, cost always dictates quality, you know? it's Yeah. Just not at all the truth. Humans are, you know, attracted to aesthetics, right? So we like things that look pretty, usually. Yeah. You know, when we look at the label. I, I have people come in all the time and say, I'm going to buy the wine. I, I buy the wine because it has, a, it has a cool label. It has an interesting label. Okay. You, sure. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. That doesn't mean it's a good wine. Um, there's a real uh, simple label, you know, that uh, I sell quite a, It's a Spanish wine once again, and the wine is... The wine is uh, $7. It's called, it's called Magic Box. And I mean, I, I push that hard. And now people are, are, are figuring it out like, wow, this is a really good wine. I, we hear it a lot. Like we, we, we sold out. We were selling out of it, you know, eight wow. months ago. Wow. Um, and it's got a simple label. It just says Magic Box, uh, white background, um, you know, black lettering. Um, it's, it's a nice bottle. You hold the bottle. And it, and it feels good in your hand. It's got, you know, the thicker glass, the, the, the punt, which is in, in the bottom of the yeah. bottle, right? It's got a nice uh, divot, you know, it's, it's kind of deep yeah. in the bottom. So for me, I just, because I research certain areas, this and that. So I, I look for certain wines within a, within a particular region. So, you know, if I know, for example, that it's from uh, like Humila, Humila, which is in um, with Spain. Um, they make some Monestral, they make some really nice, uh, wines and Monestral is, uh, prolific in that area. And okay. So they're, they're, they're known for that. 
So I think it takes a little bit of research on, on people's part that, that want to, that want to spend the time on that. Obviously, you know, like, you know, for me, it's something I geek out on. Um, but you know, like aesthetics, I think people do look, um, at the label, like, Oh, this is kind of interesting to look at. Um, I'm going to buy the wine cause it's, it's, a, you know, labels int- cool, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, but would you say that's something very misleading that people should try and stay away from, or is it kind of just like, you know, go with the flow, whatever works for you? Uh, I would say, I mean, I would think you got to look a little deeper than that, you know, (laughs) as far as with the label, you know, it's, uh, you know, it might be a really good wine, but I think it, I mean, I think you got to look a little further. That's what I, that's, that's the way I feel because it, it can be a simple label. And it can be a, a great wine, you know? Yeah. Um, and then obviously once again, you know, moving away from uh, price point, you know, because just because it's $12 doesn't mean it's, it's, it's a bad wine. And cause you usually, you know, you usually buy wines that are like 25 to $30. Um, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to save people money. I'm, you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> you know, if you can save a little bit of money, you know, um, and the other, the other big piece, um, and I hope I'm not trailing off, but the other big piece, especially more with old world people, with the people establish a memory with a particular wine. This is, this is, I, I deal with this a lot. So that wine that they had, you know, when they were in Italy or when they were in France, or maybe they had it, you know, with a loved one at a restaurant, you yeah. know, in Boston or wherever they happen to be. And so they establish a memory with it. So that wine becomes, you know, very special and almost like, you know, magical almost you know like oh this this was a great wine well i'm sorry to say unfortunately that was an emotional response to it so once you <laughs> buy it again doesn't mean you're going to have the same it's yeah. going to might not taste the same for you you know well those are all yeah. really really helpful those are all really really helpful tools i think for me after talking to you i feel a little bit more confident going to a store i think i'm going to pay attention a little bit more, a little bit more maybe that i'm that i'm used to doing um and I'm still working on my wine bias because I aesthetically obviously looks right. It's a huge part of why we purchase things. Um, Something that we purchased recently that we're really excited about is we got a decanter and I feel like there's, there's two parts. One, because we do want to unbottle, uncork that thing and let it really breathe and and expand a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it it is important. Yeah. And it is really cool though that, I mean, if we're buying that $7 bottle and we're not so excited that for people to know exactly how much we paid for it, it's nice to know you can just dump it right in a decanter and just no one is the wiser. Um, yeah, but yeah, we're still working through our one wi bias because we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. It's, it's tough though, but that's all right. You're a good company. You're a good company. Um, so we always like to end on rapid fire. It's, Think of it as like word association. The first thing that pops into your mind, just go. Right. Um, you want to do the first one? Yeah. Okay. So what is your go-to snack food? Like typically an arm's reach away that you really enjoy. That I really enjoy? Um, that you always have. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm more, I mean, lately you've been more of a like, you know, cracker and cheese kind of person because of wine, you know. Um, I would say some sort of cracker. Um, are, you, are you biased to a particular cracker? Are you uh, are you a Ritz guy? Type of cheese. I'm not. Ag- I'm not against. I'm not against Ritz, but it's not something we <laughs> have in the house. Um, you know, um, Triscuits. Okay. All right. Triscuits. Uh, that's solid. <laughs> um, least favorite grape and the favorite grape, and when it comes to 
faces of wine. Okay, reference to wine making. Yes. Um, I know it may be, that one may be a little bit tough, but. No, it's not that tough. Let me, let me think. Oh. Um, though I, I'm a little ignorant to it, I just, it's not something I've necessarily uh, gone into. Merlot, I'm not a big fan necessarily of Merlot. It's great when it's within a blend, but I really haven't had like a Merlot dominant wine. It's not something I, I usually go for. Mm-hmm. All right. And then, you know, the most favorite, right? Uh, Malbec, obviously, as I, you know, as yeah, I said. <laughs> nice. Malbecs are great. There's some really, really amazing ones out there. I've had some good ones myself. All right. So um, the last bottle you poured. Uh, last bottle I poured. So let's see. I poured a lot of bottles. Last one you remember. Let's go with that one. <laughs> What's that, Phil? Then let's go with the last one you remember that you pulled. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I like how you, yeah, that, that you qualified the statement there. Uh, yeah, no, I would say it was a white wine because, um, you know, we, I've been doing my, my, uh, my bit with, uh, with Pete, my guy, North Shore Nosh, that we do. It's every, every two weeks. We're doing it next week. And we've been doing white wines. So we've been doing Spanish white wines. Uh, we did an Albarino, and we also did a Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, from Spain and it was it was I had it over a year ago it's called Talma I'm gonna okay. you know, I'm just gonna put it out there because it's a, it's a it's a seven dollar wine Talma, Talma. And, it, and we had a blind taste test that's what we did uh, you know not this obviously last weekend we did a blind taste test with an Albarino um, and I I thought I was gonna go with the Albarino because Albarino is more of an elegant grape it's more aromatic more structured mm-hmm but the uh, the Talma won out the Sauvignon Blanc. Interesting. And yeah, it's it's a very nice wine. I mean, and for that price, I, I had it a year ago, and it was I, I enjoyed it then. So that's good to know, Tom. I'm like registering that to my mind right now. I know. And it's got, it's got a catchy label. It's got a, a nice does. label, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't it nice? That's when those, you. It's nice when those neat. You mentioned Dow Vineyards, yeah. and I had a Dow bottle. It was the the rosé from Dow. Um, okay. and I thought that was awesome. There was just really, really great, like notes of peach in there and the bottle was absolutely beautiful and chilled was like oh. amazing. I'm like, wow, could, could you, could I have gotten a better bottle? Like not only was it beautifully made and absolutely delicious, but they did a really good job with the aesthetics of it. It was really, I felt good purchasing it and like having it in my fridge. So that was nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. great. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that one, but it sounds interesting. It's really good. Um, all right. So you go to restaurant. Ah, okay. That's a good question. Cause, uh, my wife, Gabrielle and I, we love, my wife is a great cook and, uh, we, that's when we have time, you know, we have our family, but when we have time, we like to, to get out there. Uh, I, I don't know. We, I, I would say Daniela's in Danvers. Ooh, some mm-hmm. really good things. Yeah. I would have to say them, but we did go and I'm going to put this out there too is uh settler. Yeah. Uh, the one in Salem. Yeah. Guys, yeah, we yeah. haven't been yet. Okay. Since quarantine, we've had people just messaging us like, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go. So yeah. it's on our list. We're definitely going to make it out there for sure. Okay, that's good. You're like the 10th person. So now it's like written in stone. It's right? official. Yeah, it's you official. Gotta, 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 get <laughs> get done. gotta get done. Yeah, exactly. All right. So obviously right now you're drinking a lot of wine um, and you're enjoying it. But if you had a choice between beer or a cocktail, which way would you be leaning? Oh, that's yeah. So, um, so the thing is, I'm, I'm really, uh, beer is my first kind of 
you know, uh, I, my first affinity in love was really beer because mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've researched beer. I'm very familiar with the breweries nearby. Yeah. So I don't know. That's, I'd say beer. Yeah. I'd say beer because I, you know, I, I think beer is, um, you know, if, if, if you're kind of uh, hanging out with friends or what have you, beer is kind of more uh, accessible to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more like blue collar, if I can say that. You know, that's why, you know, some, some, you know, some people might scoff at beer, you know, and they just, they, you know, but I, I, I do like whiskey. So yeah, a cocktail, um, but I'd say beer. Yeah. That, that'd be the right hand. You said you, uh, um, you research a lot of the ones around the area. Are you impartial to a certain local brewery? Oh, um, well, I mean, I, yeah, I'd have to say, yeah, that I am. I mean, so say we're, you know, Beverly, for example, as I know you guys, I'm sure know, Beverly is, I mean, it's on the map. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, I've, I've, I've been researching breweries now for many years, you know, seven, eight years. You know, and I got friendly with, with uh, the people at Channel Marker somewhat. You know, I had some of the, which is on, uh, you know, right there on um, Rantoul Street. Um, and I had the, I had the beer out of uh, their garage when they first, and wow. at that point it was, it was, it was primo. It was very good. So I only thought it was going to get better from that point. And, yeah. and, and, and it obviously did. Um, so yeah, I would have to stay channel market, but I don't want to um, diss any of the other breweries. I mean, they're all, they're all doing a good job. Uh, you know, I know some of those guys at old planners too. Uh, ben and Gary, so he, they've been doing a good job as well. And I, I think it's great for the community of Beverly to have that because they also have nice restaurants. Oh yeah, uh, they're bringing so many people out this way. I totally agree. Yeah, definitely, not, Beverly is definitely on the beer map for sure. <laughs> for oh sure. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. All right, so you mentioned North Shore Nosh and how you and Pete are kind of doing a thing here and there. So for us, when we talk about wine, we really want it to be a rabbit hole for people. We want people to continue. And I love the different things that you're dropping. You dropped a book, you've dropped a podcast, and I'd love to hear more about North Shore Nosh and what you guys are doing with that. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I met Pete through, you know, he came by, uh, it was over a year ago now, and we, we, we kind of got friendly. You know, he came by uh, my, my, my place business, the wines. And then we just talk about basically the, the region where the wine is from, uh, you know, during the, 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 the time of our video, we, we drink the wines. He, you know, he gives me what his impression of the wines are. Um, we do two wines and it's a compare and contrast situation, you know, compare and contrast. Um, and just to kind of get some excitement around, uh, you know, wines that, you know, people were normally about, um, that are quality wines, but, kind of low cost, you know, it's usually around 20 or less, typically less than 20. So we just kind of, you know, uh, put that out there and it's every, it's every couple of weeks. Uh, so, so, so do you guys, so the Instagram handle is North Shore Nosh that the live videos come from? Uh, Nor, N-O-R, and then Shore, S-H-O-R, Nosh, N-O-S-H. And then, you know, mine is at, you know, uh, Hoodman Brown. I, I, I use, I've been using that for a while. Um, so, we just kind of do, we, it's either on a Saturday or, or a Sunday, you know, for about a little less than an hour. So we just kind of have fun with it. We're just kind of getting it going. That's great. That's awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys sip next. And I love that they're $20 and under because it's getting expensive. This wine habit is getting real expensive. So whenever I can find a good bottle that's affordable that we can keep on the counter, that's like primo. Right now, our, our go-to bottle that's like typically always stocked, it's like our cooking wine, our wine that 
our table line. It's the, it's like $4.95 at Trader Joe's and it's like the green fin and we're huge fans oh, of it. Okay. Yeah. But we're definitely looking for another one. And if <laughs> we can discover more quality wines for a good price, like that's just nice. icing on the cake. Oh yeah. Yeah. Never bad no, no, and I think, you know, kind of going off what you said with the green fin is, um, if you're a Chardonnay fan, I'm talking more like tropical notes, a little bit of citrus, not, not the buttery char, um, uh, the, the buttery oaky, gotcha. um, but a uh, thousand lives. Um, uh, Pete really likes that a lot. His, his, yeah, his wife's, I think his wife's a big fan too, but it's, it's a, it's a $7 wine. It's, like, it's got a very aesthetically pleasing. It's got an elephant on there. It's nice. very loud, bright. Um, <laughs> so that, but no, I know Greenfin's a good wine too. No doubt. Great. Oh. Great. All right. Well, Emmanuel, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping people ha are able to work through their wine biases through this episode and maybe like shop at a wine retailer um, differently because that's what we're going to start doing now. So thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate the time. I appreciate your time. And like I say, you know, um, if people want to come by and see me, that's fine. But if, if, if this turns their, uh, you know, turns their minds to go wherever it is they shop, then they can maybe look, you know, uh, towards other wines that maybe they normally wouldn't grab, you know, grab, grab. You know? Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely be by to see you <laughs> for sure. You seem to know all the good, where all the goodies are hiding. All right. Talk soon. Okay. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you really enjoy listening to our podcast, take a moment and leave a review. Your reviews make it easier for others to find our podcast and other streaming platforms. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. See you in the next episode. Our intro music was produced by Majid Shana. You can find Majid on Instagram at Maj Got Beats. That's M-A-J-G-O-T-B-E-A-T-S.